0: On today's episode of Talkin' Tom, we're on our way to infinity and beyond with the movie Apollo 13, starring the astronaut of my heart, Tom Hanks.
1: Apollo 13 is a 1995 space docudrama directed by Ron Howard, marking his and Tom's second collaboration, as well as a reunion for Tom and Gary Sinise.
0: So, check your engines, get your measles vaccination, and prepare for takeoff, because we're going to the moon.
1: Houston, we have a problem.
0: No, no. My mom always said life was like a box of chocolates no all right welcome back hanks heads Welcome back. We're here. We're back. It's another episode of Talkin' Tom, the Hanks Tomcast, where we watch Tom Hanks movies, and then we talk about them.
1: We have a little chit-chat.
0: My name's Josie. I'm Daniel. And today we watched a movie called Apollo 13.
1: Apollo 13. A pretty big deal.
0: Kind of a big one.
1: For space. Yeah. I guess. According to the movie, a very big deal.
0: Yeah, like kind of a huge it. disaster yeah. that turned into a miracle.
1: Uh how are things in how are things in your life? Uh. <laughs> One thing specifically yeah. I wanted to know about.
0: Well, I had a tragic run-in with a bread knife and a loaf of sourdough that uh ended up in a trip to the emergency room and four stitches in my left index finger.
1: That sounds like a young adult like foreign novel that was translated. Yeah. <laughs> bread knife and a loaf of sourdough.
0: It was a real bummer, man. I uh haven't ever been to I've never like dealt with anything like that as an adult. So you kind of
1: had your own emergency. Yeah. What I'm saying
0: with. is that the thing that I went through this past weekend is very similar to what the three men that <laughs> were a follow thirteen experienced.
1: I have one of my worst. One of the worst injuries I ever self inflicted by accident on myself was also with a bread knife. Ugh. I was cutting a bagel, and Stupid. there's a part of the bagel where you get through, and then it's it's sort of tough. And Ugh. so I spun it around, and I was talking to my roommate at the time, and. Came through and palm of my hand wide open.
0: Did you have to get stitches?
1: No. We they we did butterfly. It oh, wasn't super deep. Oh yeah. But um or the butterfly bandages or whatever they're called. Yeah, yeah. But I left a big trail of blood on the floor yeah. and uh, went to the bathroom to clean up. And my other roommate came in and all he saw was a trail of blood from our kitchen into oh my the bathroom God. <laughs> and he had a brief panic Christ, Daniel? Hey man, it's pretty, it pretty you good. It's like yeah right, man. Fuck. So, so Yeah, I'm glad you're feeling better and that it's not anything crazy.
0: Yeah, I mean, I still have my finger, so.
1: Yeah, and you get to make great like Instagram stories with all of your music. Yeah, I've been doing some dumb (laughs) shit. (laughs) Um. Yeah. So, I think that's that's what's going on in real life.
0: Yeah, it's almost it's the beginning of summer.
1: Yeah, I mean the beginning of almost the beginning of fall. Oh
0: my god, is that your favorite season?
1: I like fall. Yeah. I like, uh, yeah, I like fall. I like all of the, I like the clothes in fall. It's yeah, the yeah. comfiest season.
0: Same. I like boots.
1: hmm Uh,
0: yeah. Well, great. Have you ever seen Apollo 13?
1: I've seen Apollo 13 many times.
0: Same. This is, like, one that I, like, feel really good about.
1: Yeah, this one was a, a no, I was like, we don't, we, we could skip watching it if you wanted. But we didn't, we watched it. No. And together. Which yeah. Has become rare these days.
0: Yeah, that was nice. Daniel's got, uh, the movie on Blu-ray. Wow. Really great quality, fun Blister, to watch. High
1: definition, yeah.
0: Felt like we were literally in space.
1: It's pretty cool. No, no. I wish. <laughs> would you ever it. go to space? Oh, absolutely.
0: I cannot think of anything I would rather not do.
1: <laughs> I want to get, <laughs> my goal for next year is to get SCUBA certified, because mm. since I can't go to space, I'll go next best thing underwater.
0: Ugh. I wonder. I think the only thing I hate more than the ocean is the thought of going to outer space. That's fair.
1: I understand. I don't really understand. I I don't like heights. Uh I I should rephrase that. I don't like heights, but I don't. It's the imbalance I don't like. I don't like like climbing a ladder to a roof. I hate on the roof. I'm fine. Okay. Um. But for some reason, the furthest high you can go is totally appealing to me.
0: So what about what about being in a spaceship?
1: Doesn't what like planes don't bug me.
0: Oh.
1: Um. I don't know how to describe the weird complexity of my maybe fear of heights, but yeah, sometimes yeah. it doesn't exist.
0: I mean, I'll say that for me, anything where I don't have complete and total control is yeah. like anxiety inducing for me.
1: Would you ever do one of those, sort of like, we'll talk about the do in the movie, the, the zero gravity planes that you can ride?
0: No, not unless I was okay. like under <laughs> gunpoint. Yeah,
1: okay. Good to know.
0: <laughs> yeah. All right. Well,. Okay, so the first time that I remember seeing this movie, I was in probably sixth grade and it was one of those movies that we watched in like 15 minute increments during our lunch. worst,
1: yeah.
0: And uh, I remember it fascinating me.
1: I don't remember the first time I actually saw it because I think I just watched it so often Mm. when I was young. Anything space related I would dig into and this is such an an inoffensive movie Mm -hmm. like there's some curse words and there's some tension but besides that like everything is surface level and you know optimism is is strung through it so it was an easy movie to like make let your kid watch yeah yeah i think it's even i got the kicks right here it's uh it's pg so there's no which seems crazy because i feel like it would emotionally distress someone but yeah
0: some really high stakes
1: yeah, just a lot. Always watched a lot. It's great. Dug it. So, how
0: there. would you describe this movie for the the viewer that has not seen it, listener?
1: Uh, this is the true story of the Apollo thirteen mission, um, which was a mission to land on the moon. Following Apollo eleven was the first mission to land on the moon successfully. Uh, Apollo thirteen was going to also land on the moon, and the mission goes awry when they're on their way to the moon, and they have to turn around and come back. But as they do, all these things are going wrong, and it's sort of this life-and-death situation of how do we get them back, how do I get them back safely, and just kind of ticking off the boxes of everything that can go wrong. And layer that on top of it. It's a true story. So it really adds to the, the dramatic element of it.
0: something that I found hard to forget when I was watching it. It mm-hmm. was like every time something would happen, I'd be like, holy shit, this was like a real thing that people really dealt
1: with. It's kind of the perfect thing about it is as I've seen it a bunch, I know how it ends, but I still find it really effective. Mm-hmm. You still every time something goes wrong, and I think it has to do a lot with the how the actors roll with it, but uh. you just feel that dread kind of you internalize it, mm-hmm. and it uh, yeah it keeps making it a refreshing experience.
0: Yeah, we just watched this um, with my grandpa because we went to the space museum in San Diego. I'm sure sure it's not called the Space Museum, but (laughs) whatever the museum is where they have all the stuff about space. Yeah. And then we got the whole family and we watched it. It's just like...
1: That makes sense. I feel like it's the perfect come home from a museum movie.
0: Yeah.
1: Have you been to the Science Museum in Los Angeles? No. They have a... I think it's the Discovery Shuttle parked there. And you can go go in and see it and touch it. And I know they've just made plans to redo the building it's in where they're going to set it up right with the rockets... With some of the rockets that um, are used to send it into space, so okay. that's really cool.
0: Maybe I'll go visit that. Yeah, should have done that in preparation for
1: this. Been super educated on it.
0: <laughs> well, that's yeah. We'll talk about just NASA in general uh, probably towards at some point. Yeah. During the show.
1: Well, should we should we should we start with Tom? Should we start with some of the? Yeah. So there, there's originally three pilots or three astronauts going to the moon, and one of them. Uh, ends up getting he gets like flagged for he could potentially be sick so he's left behind and they replace him with a new astronaut to go
0: like four days before they're supposed yeah, to go
1: that out must be that was one of the notes I wrote was like how heartbreaking it must be that because oh. they, they mentioned before that happens that like one astronaut on a previous mission had had to give not been able to go because he had an ear infection mm-hmm. I was like can you imagine getting an ear infection and you this spend... thing you worked years to accomplish mm-hmm. you're on hold for it seems like a lot of them got to end up going back potentially later before they shut down the program. Yeah. But I can't imagine the how that would feel. Like when you're a kid and you're excited for something and it gets cancelled. Like as a kid I got really bad food poisoning once and wasn't able to go on it. it was either a vacation or some type of trip like the night before and like the whole vacation was postponed. And A you feel like it's your fault. Mm -hmm. And B, you're just sort of devastated even though it's out of your control. Yeah. And that's such an in in insequential thing, imagine Going to space.
0: Yeah, knowing that your shot to do that is pretty limited anyway. Yeah.
1: But well, we can start. Should have written down uh, everyone's real names.
0: Oh, I got it. Jim Lovell is Tom Hanks.
1: So yeah, Tom. It's weird to come off this from Forrest Gump, sort of this pinnacle of how people view Tom. But I feel like this is in the same realm where this is absolutely one of the movies that people would go to of like, this is where they know Tom Hanks from.
0: Yeah, I agree. I feel like this is the kind of movie that, like, this movie will, like, live forever.
1: Yeah. It doesn't... Because it sort of built itself that it... There, there's a few... Maybe there's a few jokes that don't work in the when they're on Earth in the beginning, maybe. Like how they p- kind of play Kevin Bacon's character as, like, a little sleazy, maybe. And, oh, yeah. But most of it's so unoffensive that it just kind of exists as, like, a little little time capsule of 90s filmmaking and this event. Yeah. So, uh, but what do you think of Tom in it?
0: I, well, he's fantastic.
1: I, f- I feel like in this, the weirdest thing will happen is we're like, I don't know about this performance from Tom. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. He's so Jim Lovell is a character who seems like a stand up guy. He's fucking phenomenal in a crisis. He's a great leader. And he's always kind of had this dream, it seems like, of walking on the moon. That's not, I mean, that's kind of the most we get about him as a character. Yeah. We know he loves his family. He's a family guy. Uh, but he's never had to, in this point, like, pick his career over his family. He's been able to kind of successfully do both.
1: They sort of keep, there's, there's a weird thing that I noticed watching it this time, where they sort of strip the characters. The characters are, like, pretty thin. hmm we have a general understanding of their wants and desires and we get a little bit of their home life to kind of add a little bit of some emotion to, so you feel even worse as things are going awry. But you don't know a ton about them and they sort of like, Jim is sort of the audience surrogate yeah, because he's the one, we spend a, a little bit of time with him just kind of in wonderment about space and the moon. Mm-hmm. Get You A little bit of time where he's just, you sort of feel like why he loves this thing, why it's important to him. mm mm-hmm. And it's sort of our, he's us through it. Yeah. And so the way he reacts, we almost, we feel the way he feels because it's it's sort of like a parent where you're like, I'll just act like they're acting. And he always keeps his, he's always chill and calm and collective to the best that he can be. Kind of a mediator for some of the fights that happen while they're in. Yeah. But beyond that, kind of a, I mean, he's got just like the general patriotism to it, but it's sort of weirdly thinly defined. I agree. And I don't know if that's because they just want it to be that you relate to him and they don't want to bring in like the character background and like make it dense or, I don't know. Right. I was kind of surprised by that.
0: like so much time in a movie. Yeah, I guess I didn't really like make that connection.
1: It's sort of for all of them. And the movie, it's what? Two hours and 20 minutes.
0: Holy crap, really? It's like
1: a pretty long movie.
0: I didn't feel like that at all.
1: No, it doesn't feel long. No, but anytime I see a length like that, and then I have an if I have like an issue with like a character thing, I'm like they could have spent maybe a little a more time. A little bit
0: more. Wow, I'm amazed at that runtime. No, yeah. I feel like it was like literally nonstop stuff.
1: It it does the pacing wise just keeps moving. Wow. Um, doesn't I? I mean, I don't. Yeah, I don't feel like it has a ton of fluff. Mm. Um, but I think in doing that it sacrifices some slower moments with characters. Because yeah, yeah. I think a lot of the characters, especially the families, are just used to make you feel pity
0: you just feel the real like yeah,
1: we don't know anything about them like we see their kids and we know nothing about the kids no. we meet one of the kids like the last 20 minutes of the movie where he's in the he's at some type of um, like
0: military school or yeah something. and
1: i don't remember him being mentioned he probably was but i don't he was because he was the
0: one that didn't have the haircut at the very great oh night. okay 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 yeah, yeah. so he's he just, like, just disappears he for
1: two hours and then
0: yeah he's off at school yeah <laughs> um I actually was thinking that the character I feel that we learn really the most about is Marilyn Lovell, Jim's wife, who seems to kind of exist as this, like, homemaker, like, really her core, like, what's the word that I'm looking for? Like, the main part of her meaning and her story is her being a wife to Jim, who she loves very deeply, and then being a mother to her kids, which is fine, I'm sure, that There's probably more to her, but for the purposes of this movie, I think that's yeah. okay. Yeah, and probably,
1: like, general worldview of that time period.
0: Yeah, it just kind of, like, lines up. Mm-hmm. She kind of reminded me of, like, like what I picture my grandmother was, like, just, like, really caring. She's also great in a crisis, like, knowing that she's experiencing all this worry and um, pain, but is putting on a brave faith face for her kids.
1: Yeah, and sort of is, like, the, she sort of... Behaves as like this leader for the other wives Mm -hmm. whose husbands are going on their first mission. Yeah, like what am I supposed to do here? And like got to be excited and happy and thrilled. I think. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I almost wonder um, because I do. I I do like I like her. I wish there was more. If they're gonna have that much emphasis on the family, I almost wish there was more into that because I think what they're experiencing is really interesting and heartbreaking Mm -hmm. because there's just nothing you can do. Um, but then I also wonder, like, w- how different the tone would be if we never left the ship, or mm-hmm. we, if we're just in, you know, the astronauts' shoes and we are experiencing it in a time frame where, if they're not talking to Houston, we don't get to see how Houston's reaction. Because it'd be kind of this, I guess, it would be a much more thrilling, yeah, much more of a thriller, but maybe not as effective as a sort of all audience movie.
0: Well, yeah, specifically that last like that re-entry mm. that three minutes or whatever and we yeah I really like that scene at all
1: I just don't get anything yeah just waiting and I do think um, in re-watching it I'm always taking I love Bill Paxton R.I.P. he was the what was I think was it Fred? Fred
0: Hayes yes
1: he was Fred he's the um, guy
0: who got sick, sick in flight
1: which you weren't a fan of the throw up scene
0: no I never am which is fair I always have to turn away <laughs> Um, Are you a fan of it?
1: <laughs> oh, I love it. My favorite scene. I okay. uh, can't get enough of it. I'm like, How do they make that? It's beautiful goop.
0: Well, I feel like I read that that really happened and then they just went with it. Is that... A f-
1: oh, I don't... I didn't that read could that. could I mean, it looks real.
0: I think he really threw up. Yeah. Yeah. And then they just... <laughs> they've only got so many times they can go up and down. Yeah. They're not going to waste a shot. And
1: that's sort of something we should... I mean... We'll we'll get back to the technical stuff. Um, I think Bill Paxton is really good in this, uh-huh. and then I think um, uh, Gary Sinise. Gary mm-hmm. Sinise,
0: I think so. It's I said so his
1: name wrong. We, we have a little reunion with him and Tom from this. Lieutenant but they don't spend a ton of time together. No, they get but, split up, but he's so good too. Ugh.
0: You just feel, you just feel everything he does. You're like, I get it, dude. Yeah, you've been slighted.
1: Well, everything, he also gets all this great like sh- camera, the dolly in shots whenever he's about to do something and uh-huh. it zooms in on his face and you're like, yes, yeah, here it comes. Yeah, do it. Are we under 20 amperage? Yes.
0: And almost, yeah. I mean, it kind of works out that he was the one to guide them back home. Yeah. It's really poetic almost.
1: It, it's like a, a dark, a bittersweet, but ended up being a beautiful thing to happen to them.
0: Yeah, because they really trust him. Um, And Kevin Bacon. <laughs>
1: Yeah, Kevin Bacon's really good too.
0: Plays something swaggered. Jan- John something with a J. Is it Jim? Is there two Jims? Jack. Jack swaggered yeah. Um. He's good.
1: Yeah, Kevin Bacon's great.
0: He's the newbie.
1: There's not really, there's not really a bad egg in terms of it's like pretty no. across the board.
0: Ed Harris as the, what is his job like?
1: I think he's the director of Flight.
0: Yeah, he's awesome.
1: And his character is defined by a vest his wife makes him.
0: <laughs> yeah, he gets a new one every yeah. time they do it. Which I know is
1: like probably a really cute detail in real life. Yeah. Um, but in like the context of a movie, you're like, okay, what else? Yeah, we
0: gotta know something yeah. else about this guy. He kind of looks like a GI Joe to me in the movie. A little
1: bit, yeah. But he hair. almost looks like kind of like a a boot camp yeah. leader he's got a soft side. He cares. But yeah. he wants to get the job done.
0: Yeah, definitely. He's like, he like will not take any shit from yeah. anyone. They're like, sorry, dude, we're trying to reinvent an entire filtration system. And he's like, well, I need it now.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so. he, it's sort of nice because I think he feels like we feel where there's an understanding of what has to get done, but someone has to be the person on everyone. Yeah. Because he's the one that has everything in his ear. Yeah. Hearing it happen in real time and has to like give these people a sense of hope and a sense of like, here's what's happening.
0: Yeah, he's a leader.
1: Must be stressful.
0: Which is something that I kind of was thinking while we were watching how something I sometimes feel I'm missing in my workplace, not necessarily my current one or any specific ones that I've had in the past. I've obviously worked a few different jobs Mm -hmm. in my career. when there's a problem, I've worked with people whose first instinct is to f- try and place blame and figure out what, the, where the problem started, whose fault is it. Yeah. And I've never been a fan of that strategy.
1: No, it kills charisma and makes people feel irresponsible for things out of their control. And it's or just, just like, like, not
0: the point. Yeah. Like, if there's a problem, let's focus our energy on fixing it. Which seems to be how, uh, his name's Gene Kranz. that's yeah. the character Ed Harris plays. That's what he cares about. He doesn't care about why there wasn't a contingency plan in place for having to live out of the lunar evacuation model, or explo- yeah. whatever it is. He'll means.
1: ask if it exists and it doesn't and he moves on. And yeah. there's a few times I feel like he reassures characters who I think come up with the burden of responsibility of not being prepared and he's like if the wolf it'll be on me type yeah. of things. And he's like this yeah. isn't on you. Don't blame yourself. Yeah, Which I think is a reoccurring kind of motif in these is it's people that sort of, I mean, this is a completely unpredictable and like out of control situation that you have to put, you have like the best minds in the in the world working together to fix it and blaming yourself for it won't get you anywhere. So in that way, it's kind of a nice, I feel like a nice like workplace view. Yeah. But like, don't blame people. Like, look what you can do, work together. You have your strengths. People point out your things. They find new ways to fix it. Mm-hmm. It's like, I think we both agreed. There's there's this a part where, There's a CO2, CO2 level's getting really high, Mm -hmm. and they need to replace the filter, but the filter is is a cylinder, and they only have square filters, which is a crazy oversight, but again, a situation they never thought would happen. Yeah. And they have to, on Earth, they bring in the filter, here's what the filter needs to look like, here's what it is, here's everything have on the ship we can build it with, and they have to build it for them. And stuff like that that I'm like, I would watch this. I would, like, watch a whole movie about, like, this.
0: Absolutely. I mean, that's kind of just an engineer in general. That's, like, a job of an engineer. Which my dad is and my sister is. It's
1: she kind of like the personal connection to like that sort of mind that sort of thinking
0: yeah this movie is specifically just makes me think so much of my sister mm-hmm. who i think if she had if she's been if she would be given the opportunity to like go to mars like yeah she's the one who would do it and she would be fucking great at it yeah like she's just her brain is like that my dad's brain is like that my brain is not but i can appreciate it yeah and i just when i see those like real life application of like all those dudes just doing math to, like, double-check someone else's math who's in space. I love that stuff, because I can't do it. I mean, I probably could. I just would couldn't do it like that with those that amount of pressure. Gives me so much respect for that kind of mind.
1: Did you see The Martian from a few years ago? Yeah. I really, I think that... We saw it
0: together, remember? Oh, next... yeah, we did, yeah. Yeah.
1: Uh, that movie... I felt was sort of like that scene as an entire movie huh. where it's just here's all these things going wrong but it's about like the practical applications to fix them which I think Apollo 13 does well but that uh-huh. one was just specifically about it because it was a single person cut off no communication having to use oh math and his, his botany stuff
0: I can't even think of like a more terrifying
1: movie. <laughs> yeah it's that's a lot of some great little space figure it out movies
0: so something that they keep talking about and keep referencing in this movie is it is just i even said the word stakes 500 times in this episode alone but something that happened in the Apollo 1 mission that mm. everybody's constantly remembering and very scared of is is that some I think a door got stuck shut and then the the entire spaceship or I don't fucking know Yeah what there's name a
1: fire was. inside before they took before off Before they
0: even left the yeah. ground And all the people inside died, and that's they're constantly kind of like remembering that it's a scary fact for his son that he's thinking of, and um, it's just like on everyone's mind. And we kind of see those that theme kind of pop up again when they're re-entering the atmosphere. Like they could burn up, yeah. And that's the big fear is that these guys are gonna go. I liked that aspect, that like reminder.
1: Yeah, it kind of puts because it's a it's in the strange. Realm of movies where it's a true story, mm. so I think a good amount of people know the story, and if you don't, it still works effectively. But it's and it's a long movie, so you sort of have to like find a way to create something that like holds this level throughout, um, which I think it does because it keeps adding details. But I'm assuming I haven't fact checked that, but I'm assuming they're all the real things that happened. Yeah, and just adding pressure, adding pressure, adding pressure. And at no point it always feels overwhelming, but it never feels I don't know, it never feels Impossible. dramatic for the sake of something. Yeah, yeah, it's a situation that just, like, makes you feel, like, crap. But then as you see them do it, you're like, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Because it's got to give you those little brief sparks of hope. And I didn't, there was a few, I didn't love some of the the sort of dream sequences Yeah. that were happening. They kind of fell out of place where, like, Jim ends up, like, he has a dream that he actually, that he, he has a one dream where he is sucked out of the ship and he has another one where he actually lands on the moon.
0: Was that his dream or was that his wife's dream?
1: That might have been his wife's dream and then I think his dream was him landing on the moon. Oh yeah. Actually his was succeeding.
0: Getting to stomp around on the moon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah,
1: they yeah, just felt they slightly did, out of place. They
0: felt like kinda hokey.
1: Yeah, a little bit. A little I don't bit know. of that it, like yeah.
0: Even like the fit the effects of them Like, it's it all practical effects.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's definitely some, like, dated CGI, but they, I had read in some of the special features on the the Blu-ray where they would use those low-gravity planes and shot a bunch of this stuff on the planes so they could have real low-gravity effects rather than having, like, wires and stuff they have to edit out, which some of it would have been because you can't just have a two-hour movie shooting on this craft, but they tried to do everything.
0: So um, when they're, like, floating around? Yeah,
1: a lot of it is on those planes. That's crazy. And I know that Ron Howard was obsessive with the technical realism. Everything should look right. Like, their spacesuits were completely accurate. They had to have oxygen fed into them. Whoa. They were, like, airtight, sealed. Um, which is also strange because of the one detail, and I know why they don't do it in movies, um, but there's no sound in space. Uh-huh. And for a movie that is so obsessed with the technical details of this mission and the ship... Having sound in space is sort of strange. Yeah. If you're trying to make it completely real. But I also feel like a general audience doesn't want to just sit in silence for yeah. seeing this how the aircraft. Because what's is
0: gravity that. is the one that doesn't have any sound, right? Yeah.
1: Gravity is all sound in like the suit. Yeah. If like they hear. And I think a lot of it in the ship makes sense, but anytime it cuts out and there's, you know, the sound of a rocket yeah, well, you could have stripped it. But maybe that's just that's just a personal preference.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I wonder Maybe they did that and it was weird and it didn't work. Um, so this is a—is this the second Ron Howard Tom Hanks?
1: I think so. Yeah, Splash and then this.
0: Interesting choices. Yeah. Um. Oh, oh, I'll save this for later. But that's cool that they worked together before, and they do again later. Maybe I don't know. They do on okay. three
1: movies. Wow, a trilogy. Um. The oh. Code.
0: Oh, the masterpiece. Yeah. Okay. I can see this as a sensitive subject yeah. for you.
1: <laughs> we'll get to that. We're, we're a good ways away from that.
0: Oh my God, that's really funny.
1: Um, some of the things I noticed I thought were really interesting is it's, it's cool and weirdly relevant to see sort of the world, how the world viewed the space program at the time. Yeah. We, they just had the moon landing, which was this insane event. And then this next one, like no one cares about no until way. it becomes a disaster. Or a um, an issue, uh, and it's interesting because I feel like we kind of got back into that view,
0: absolutely. At least even in
1: our lifetime, I mean, NASA was not funded, so we haven't seen, we didn't see anything after the Challenger tragedy, right? Um, but then we have stuff like SpaceX and things now, where there's this sort of reinvigorated,
0: privately funded. Yeah,
1: it's kind of cool to see things come back. Yeah, but it's what I, I feel like. Even with SpaceX, like most people, like no one cares i mean people care but there's a majority that's just it's that's not just the, like
0: must see television sit yeah. down watch a, a launch i actually went to a rocket launch that spacex did last summer
1: oh, really how was that
0: uh extremely boring but that's because <laughs> i'm like dumb <laughs> uh we went my sister obviously is mm. very excited about those things and we took my brother well, she took my brother and my sister my brother and i and uh, I don't know, it was a lot of driving for kind of a, a two-minute thing. But I guess I can appreciate, like, the majesty of it. <laughs> uh, yeah. it's re-
1: There was a rocket launch um, that happened near L.A. And I remember it was all over the news because when they launched the rocket, it left this crazy, I think it was a green trail in the sky. Oh, But no one, people that weren't paying attention to the news or follow anything had no idea it was happening. So there were car wrecks on the highways and people taking cover because they thought it was this a missile or something. Yeah. And it's sort of the the miseducation, the fact that like people weren't paying attention to this thing caused a panic because no one had like these people that know what was going on. Yeah. It's kinda crazy.
0: Yeah. Yeah, maybe we need to Well, I guess I wonder does this movie was it funded at all by NASA?
1: I don't know. I mean their their stuff is all I mean their branding is all over it. And, yeah. So I'm. I don't know if they funded it, up, but I'm sure that they. I know that they worked with Ron Howard in making sure, like, some of the some people from NASA helped work to make sure things were technically accurate. Okay. For like weightlessness and how things would have worked and how, you know, they would have prepared and this and that to make sure it had a, like a, a very like firm grounding of realism.
0: Well, that's good. I mean, they've clearly got an interest in making sure that they're represented in a positive light.
1: Yeah, and it, this is such an interesting thing because it is. It's this horror story that becomes this um, heroic thing, right? Of of smart minds coming together on a problem, and I think that's why the movie wraps up like it does, where they're like, "It was this coil that I, you know, was a defunct from two years before I was ever named commander, mm-hmm. or sort of this, this was completely out of anyone's control. Like no one could have known."
0: Yeah, and they've clearly got the best minds working on these things, and still things happen, but they fix it. It's yeah, that is interesting that they would want to show something like this, but it's totally because everything ends out perfectly.
1: One other thing I noticed that I, I thought is, is kind of interesting in the way they portray it, going off of uh, sort of the way that the general public portrayed it, is the movie sort of pointed at these things where like to a lot, like the command room where we spend a lot of time, it's sort of just like a lot of people's day-to-day jobs. Yeah. Like it was strange, I forget sometimes because there's such a majesty to, to space travel and NASA, this sort mm-hmm. of mystery, at least that's how I compartmentalized in my mind. But there's like people that end the day and they have the last cup of coffee and they're like, oh see you guys tomorrow. It's just a standard job. Yeah. And that kind of blows my mind. But I guess it has to be. Yeah. I feel like every profession kind of has that. Like a people who love movies and want to make movies, once you start working at it, you get like a kind of a different eye where you're like, oh, it's a, it's still a job. A yeah. lot of people are working very hard to make it happen, but it's still a job.
0: Well, and I think it almost that idea is so interesting to me that I think about myself, and I make a lot of dumb mistakes all the time. I work really hard. I don't, like, if I make one mistake from, like, me lacking some judgment or some human error, I, it will not happen again. Like, yeah. I pride myself on that. But knowing how important every single thing is on a mission like this, it's kind of scary that it could be just me or you doing
1: that. And it's the the separation of, of departments. Mm-hmm. Where there are people with such specific roles, and they know They have to know everything like the back of their hand.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, that sort of pressure on top of everything.
0: And that there's got to be that one guy that's running the numbers, and he's like, "Look, I've done the math for the last hour. We don't have enough fuel yeah. to get them here." And there's
1: other people who like are not trained in that, and they just have to like believe, have such a level of trust in that person that they are absolutely correct. And
0: yeah. Even that. Jim Lovell had to do that with letting this totally new guy come yeah. in and fly his plane. <laughs> that's what it is, right? That's fair. It's just like a plane. Yeah, that's an extreme level of trust.
1: Absolutely. Uh, bringing it back around to general story, uh, one thing I thought was interesting is the ending. We end on the high note. They're rescued. Uh, they're brought in and we get kind of Tom Hanks is narrating the here's what happened to everyone. Mm -hmm. But we never, we see the family celebrating that they were saved, but we never get any payoff of like, what happened with the family? Like I want to see either a reunion, but I think that plays into the fact that we know so little about the families that there is now nothing to pay off. Yeah. Um, And I think to me that's the weakest part of the movie is the general characterization. Mm -hmm. Because they're real people and they're real people who are American heroes and we are portrayed fully as American heroes in this Mm. uh, to a point that they have few if any faults shown true yeah um and since we don't have much background we worry for them because of the situation and what they represent but less about i mean we worry because we know jim has a family Uh and we know um fred has a, a, a pregnant wife right so there's things like that that add a little bit to stake value but since we don't know anything about it it it's weirdly, it's satisfying to watch them come back, but there's less satisfaction, like closure, for the characters.
0: So you want to see a reunion of Jim and Marilyn hugging?
1: But I, I think I would, but I don't think it matters in how the movie is now because since Got we don't it. spend much time with them before, then the payoff afterward is is mm-hmm. not there. Um, which is strange. It's strange. It, I guess, to me, it's strange to use the emotional power of the family waiting and watching, and then not have them be built more and I guess that's my, my biggest gripe with the movie
0: that makes sense
1: and it's such a from, a from a technical standpoint it is such a I don't even know the right way to phrase it it is a, such a competently made movie like it is technically made extremely well mm. but then is strangely almost devoid of style
0: Okay, yeah. I don't know if
1: I'm saying that the right way, but it is sort of just like the pinnacle of, this is how a movie, this is how the movie is made, how it looks and how it works and sounds, and all of it is great. Everyone's bringing their A game. but There's a weird lack of, and maybe that's a thing with Ron Howard, where I don't quite know his what his style is. Yeah, He's just kind of a chameleon that makes these technically very on-point movies with his cast and crew. Um, Yeah. But in that, I don't know. It's a strange... It's a strange... I I, I can't even vocalize it correctly. Well, so
0: maybe to help me out and anybody else listening who's having trouble, what's an example of a movie that has, like, a specific style that you can think of?
1: Well, I'm thinking even if we're comparing just uh, sort of real space movies mm-hmm. like if you go to like the martian the martian has a certain style and tone to it that is very much i don't know i feel i feel the writer's work in the words in the dialogue and then mm-hmm. i feel ridley scott's presence as a director making kind of things that make that give and make the movie feel kind of unique in a way and i think apollo 13 doesn't have any of those things where i think it's a fine script and the cinematography is good and the acting's really good but there's no there's no little moments or flourishes where you're like oh i i really like how they're doing this it's just sort of as is and well, again i might just be spewing out idiotic words no
0: no i don't think so um, i th- i i think i kind of understand what you're saying and i wonder if it's because it is a true story that to take those liberties and make those kind of aggressive choices it almost like maybe feels like it's inappropriate.
1: And it could be a, a studio thing that stop yeah. you know we don't want we don't want any type of if this is going to be pretty straight-laced.
0: Cuz the real I mean the shining star of this whole thing is is that the story. Yeah. It's that they experienced this crisis and that they made it out through like sheer human will and mm-hmm.
1: But I almost I, don't, I it's one of those things where, like, the movie, the story itself is going to sell tickets and already has all the emotion built into it. So it seems like an exciting way to, like, what can I do to make this even something yeah. beyond it? Um, but then I think it almost falls into I don't think it's as bad as, like, we talked about, like, this, this idea of, like, an Oscar movie. Uh-huh. And I think it, this fits into the mold of an Oscar movie. It's just, like, feel-good, yeah, American with a lot of big-name actors, you know, bringing their game, and we're just at the end we're cheering. And yeah. I think it, it does have a lot of that. It doesn't feel as manipulative as some ones we've talked about. Yeah. I think it's got it stuff like I think stuff with the family is a little bit, um, yeah. but not to the same degree. But I think it, and it might just be that idea of this okay. sort of thing built to manipulate, which emotions, I mean, movies are built to manipulate emotions. That's not fair. Yeah. But there's a way they can be manipulated that and win awards type of thing. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Maybe that's just my, my personal taste. No,
0: I, I can appreciate it. I don't. I can't say that I always view a movie through that lens mm-hmm. just because I don't. that's not my background. But I can definitely see, knowing your background and knowing mm-hmm. the passion that you have for filmmaking and movies in general, it makes sense that you would notice those things more.
1: I think it, it would be different if this was my first time seeing it. I think I've seen it enough where I can now like, nitpick. Totally. Um, but if it was fresh, I feel like it's hard to come out of that with anything except like a yeah mm-hmm. type of feeling.
0: Yeah. So let's compare this movie to other space movies. Okay. Um, off the top of my head, I'm thinking of much more recent movies like Interstellar and Gravity and like you said, The Martian. Yeah. Um, I've never seen 2001 A Space Odyssey. Mm-hmm. So I can't speak on that. But where would you say this ranks?
1: As It's, it's tough because I would put it, I would. I would divide it into like the realistic type of thing. Yeah. Because um, I think what two thousand one sets out to do is so different that comparing them is almost unfair.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, I don't know. I would think it would rank medium to medium high. Like okay. it's it's solid.
0: Yeah.
1: It's a solid space movie. Makes you feel good. It makes you feel bad and then good. Uh-huh. I should say. Um, the the technical aspects of it, from the attention to detail and the weightlessness, is really cool to watch. Mm-hmm. I think that never gets old and. It's fun. Like, when they first get to space and they're taking off all this stuff, like, you can tell the actors are enjoying this opportunity as much as... Yeah. Which I think is probably how the astronauts were. They're like, this is insane. Like, this is nuts. This and, is my job. Um, Yeah, I'd, I'd have to, like, sit down and, like, look at stuff. Like, if I put it... Because I think The Martian is, is sort of... It's obviously fictional, but, like, falls kind of more into that realism camp. Mm-hmm. And there's something about that that I really like. But I, I would say it falls in, like, the, the middle ground for me.
0: Yeah.
1: It's got a lot of great stuff going for it.
0: I. What about you? I just am very fond of this movie in general. I think I it's definitely the fact that it's a true story that makes it even better to watch. And it's one of them, one of those movies that I would happily watch again and again. Yeah. Like, I if, do
1: give it that. Does not feel its length and is like so easy. If it was, a, it's one of those that if it's on TV, I'll watch it. Absolutely. Totally.
0: It's one that pretty much everybody's down to watch once it starts. Yeah. You know, some movies you got to kind of be like, oh, okay, well... I promise it's good like sit, yeah. like me trying, <laughs> trying to convince, to convince any boyfriend to watch A Devil Wears Prada uh, is not the same as me trying to convince a boyfriend to watch this movie 15,
1: which is crazy everyone should watch Devil Wears Prada yeah it's a masterpiece how is that argument? <laughs>
0: uh, yeah it's just one I'll happily watch again and again I have watched it again and again and as far as a space movie it uh, reaffirms my fear of going to space
1: so. and you know we're next year it'll be 25 years old Wow. And uh I think it's aged quite admirably. Yeah. Oops, hit my microphone. Uh I I think it's still uh, a real solid and and very good film.
0: The cover's kinda weird, huh?
1: And this is strange this this that's the fifteenth anniversary edition Blu-ray. Oh. There's a twentieth one that I has a, a new transfer, but I, I didn't buy it, I'm sorry.
0: Well that's you've done enough. <sighs> This is interesting. It's I think I posted this on our Facebook page when I uh, let everyone know we were going to watch this movie next. It's an extreme close-up of Tom or I guess Jim Lovell looks looking like he's actually in the spaceship. <laughs> is that the word? It's not yeah. called a spaceship, is it? Yeah, spaceship works. Okay.
1: Cool. The shuttle. shuttle maybe? maybe no, the shuttle. No, the shuttle's the know. thing that yeah. lives out no, there. No, it's a ship.
0: Oh, you know what's kind of crazy? All that stuff that when they like actually go up into space. All those little pieces that they have to push out off of, mm-hmm. do they just fly around in space? Is that just space junk now?
1: Yeah. That's crazy. We're littering and, I mean, we're bad. Humans are bad.
0: That's how we got the Earth to be such a garbage pile.
1: We're just starting in other places now. Yeah. The cover's also weird because when you watch the movie, like, Tom Hanks is the main character, but everyone else, the other two astronauts get a lot of screen time. Yeah,
0: they're They deserve to be
1: important. on that cover. They're on the new cover, actually. Oh,
0: okay. <laughs> anyway,
1: they, they fixed it.
0: So this movie was filmed, I mean, parts of it were filmed um, at Universal, Mm -hmm. which is just down the road. I mean, not really, but in our neck of the woods. close, yeah. And I remember, I'm sure that when the movie came out and when Universal was first out, this was one of those big, like, they put the promos for it everywhere, but the last time I was at Universal, the only, like, memory of this movie being made was a cutout on the stairs leading down to, like, where the Jurassic Park ride is. It's just, like, a cutout that you can take a photo of, like, the astronauts. That's, like, the only thing that exists. Weird. Um, and I'm sure I've got a photo of myself standing next to it <laughs> because I can't resist it.
1: But, yeah, I think, uh, well, does that wrap up Apollo 13 for you?
0: I guess so. Uh, do you have any, f- uh, where it ranks in the conversation of every Tom movie that we've seen?
1: I would put it in the upper spectrum, I, I think. Agree. I would put it in like I mean, what we're 22 movies in. Mm-hmm. Um I'd have to look, but I'd say in top 10 at least, maybe closing in top near in top 5 maybe.
0: I definitely for me. Yeah. I'd put this right after Sleepless in Seattle as yeah. like one of my favorites. Just because I just love that it has this longevity yeah, and this absolutely. rewatchability. It just makes it a real masterpiece for me. It's beautiful. I love it. I love talking about it. I'd watch it again right now.
1: I'll get the the four K version someday, and we'll rewatch it in Hell its yeah. proper blistering. Or maybe we maybe we can screen it on the big screen. Yeah, do a, do a film print of it. That would be cool.
0: That would be very
1: cool. Once we're doing Podhanks Tomcast live.
0: Oh, someday, man. <laughs> okay. Well, does that mean it's time? Is it time? I, I believe so. Okay, that means it's time for our most popular. Sorry, I like not making eye contact with you, so you can't like see what I'm doing. It's time for our most popular segment. Hank's Hank's happenings. Happenings. I got a good one today. Uh, They well, actually, before I start talking about what today's Hank's happenings, the last Hank's happenings that we did, where we talked about the screening of Big that Cinespi or uh, Hollywood Forever was doing, I missed it. I was waiting to buy tickets to see if you were going to be able to come. Mm -hmm. And then I just didn't ever do it. And then my friend texted me like, hey, Bigs Plane, are you here? And I was like, oh, fuck, that's tonight. So. Well. I really messed up. But I'm sure everybody that went had a great time.
1: Sorry if you were looking for us.
0: Yeah, sorry. All my fans. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Anyway. So moving on. The Hanks happenings for today. It seems like. They're starting production on "You Are My Friend." That's the Mister Rogers bio- biopic. Yeah, that Tom Hanks is starring in, and uh, he's been seen in and around the Pittsburgh area, and it's just kind of funny. I've, I've seen some funny little things people are doing. Uh, he was seen at a Starbucks, and now people are just like making memes out of that. So they'll they'll do screenshots of him somewhere, like in another movie, like. So, it, for example, there's a photo of him. This, I, It's got to be from Splash, right?
1: I think so, or yeah. Or is that...
0: It's him he on a really beach. He really young. Young Tom. Yeah, he's got a suit on or some kind of business outfit. And the caption is... We saw this... Took this picture of Tom Hanks crawling out of a bathroom in a Starbucks in Greensburg. <laughs> like, so people are taking... And then there's a, there's a GIF of him playing the piano. And they're like weird we saw tom playing a giant footlong piano at a starbucks in greensburg and we took this video of him and i was just like i'll post the link there's some really funny kind of basically memes that people are doing um he got admitted to a hospital after drinking a fake pumpkin spice latte and they just a picture of him in the hospital bed from uh from philadelphia Philadelphia. (laughs) (laughs) it's just clever stuff the internet's stupid I, awesome. got,
1: I got my first ad on Instagram about um, his campaign to get people registered to vote. Oh, oh, I cool think I've say. been getting those too. Mm.
0: Probably because we talked about
1: it. Yeah, probably. I also got our ad on my personal Instagram, Same. which yep. should really be funny. <laughs> yeah. I was like, well, I guess we're targeting the right people. <laughs>
0: yeah. We, if uh, anybody's the audience, it's us. <laughs>
1: uh, yeah. Right. I don't have any Hank happenings, but I do see one talk Tom to us. What's that? We have a new review. <gasps> um The review comes from JBall7.
0: Oh, I have a feeling I know who this is.
1: uh On iTunes. And it says, These guys are great and I love listening to them talking Tom. Keep posting apps. Thanks for making this sweet podcast. Well, That's thanks nice. to you, JBall7.
0: I'm pretty sure it's someone named Jordan who comments and likes a few of our posts. Yeah. Yeah. He always leaves really nice comments on our Instagrams. He DMs us sometimes and I. I do all the social media for us, so I always am responding to him. Great guy. Okay, oh, like well, thank a great you so much. What was it, Jordan? Jordan. Jordan. Yeah.
1: Thank you for the kind review. For the kind words. Thanks for listening.
0: Yeah, literally, thanks for listening. Thanks.
1: I gotta. Yeah, I <laughs> gotta.
0: Dang it. It's fun. Um, all right. So, do you know what's next for us?
1: Well, I'll tell you what. I can look it up right now. And I'll keep talking so that it sounds like I was prepared. <laughs> Um, let us see. Our next few Tom Hanks films are going to be... In two weeks, we will return with none other than Toy Story.
0: Oh my god, are you so excited?
1: I'm, I'm really... I've been wanting to rewatch Toy Story for a while. Oh. So I'm pretty pumped to go through those. Um, and then... Two weeks from that, we'll come back with That Thing You Do, which is Tom's, Tom's writing and directing debut. You wrote it, too? Yeah. He's one of the screenwriters. Is there
0: anything and he's in he it. cannot do?
1: Um, I don't know. Not that I know of yet, and I don't want to find out, to be honest.
0: No, I, I don't think I could handle it.
1: And after that, so we have Toy Story, That Thing You Do, and then Saving Private Ryan. So we ah. have a very interesting trajectory tra- trajectory of emotion Coming you know, I
0: gotta say, I'm looking forward to Toy Story because the past couple ones we've watched have been real like heavy. Yeah. Kind of bummers. Not really bummers, but
1: it's kind of perfect because when we do Saving Private Ryan, the next two are You've Got Mail and Toy Story, oh. so we have like a little bit of a cool down period. Yeah. And then we get The Green Mile, and then we get Cast Away, hmm. and then we there's a nice like I feel like he's choosing some projects that let you like breathe in between. Yeah. So,
0: well, we appreciate it, Tom. Thank you. For- Thank you,
1: Tom. <laughs> appreciate you.
0: Okay. Well, is that it? I think that's all. Okay. Well, if you're interested in continuing the conversation, uh, you can find us on a, a wide variety of sources on the internet. Uh, that would be at our website, talkingtom.com. That's talking without the G. Uh, we've got Instagram, Facebook, Twitter.
1: SoundCloud,
0: everywhere, and all
1: of it at Pod Hank's Tomcast.
0: Yeah, there we are.
1: And if you like what you're hearing, we would love to hear from you. Talk yeah. Tom to us. Uh, you can email us. You can DM us. Tweet at us. Or if you're digging the show, uh, leave us an iTunes review because it helps us find new Hank's heads that will listen to us talk about Tom for nearly an hour.
0: You know what we got to do soon is we got to put out Hank's heads merch.
1: Yeah, I think that would be awesome. Yeah. Is it weird to wear your own? Sh- I think we sort of walked the line because it'll be a, technically a Tom Hanks shirt. Right. So I don't feel weird about wearing it.
0: No. 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 It's Ask totally me good.
1: about my Tom Hanks podcast. Yeah. <laughs>
0: it's
1: perfect. It's perfect.
0: Proud Hanks head. Okay. Well, I guess that's it. I think so. My name's Josie. I'm Daniel. Hanks Thanks for listening. For listening.